Hey everyone and welcome to another edition of the Jim and the King NFL Podcast. I'm Jim, sitting to my left is the King, and we're here to talk about the NFL. And how are you, King? Tired, Jim. You always say that. Come I, on. I'm uberly tired. I'm good mm-hmm. because I watched two exciting games with a lot of scoring. Did you? Over the weekend. There's right. some hella some scoring, yeah. There's some hella points. I didn't have, besides obviously my bias towards the Steelers because your team's still in it, I didn't really have, I was quite, you know, it was a neutral weekend for me, which was quite nice to see. It's not often you get a neutral weekend in the playoffs, is it, no, as a Chargers fan? But it meant I had a super late night on Sunday night and I've had a really long day at work today, so tired. I'm going to mm-hmm. stick with tired. Thank you for asking though. All right, all right. No one else cares, so I've just said all that. <laughs> just dragged out. Yeah. Okay, well, yeah. Welcome to Championship Week, guys. How are you? Let me just... Don't ask. <laughs> Welcome to Championship Week. Yes. Four teams became two. And we now know who is heading to Houston to face off in Super Bowl 51. Indeed, yeah. We do. Is this where I'm meant to say who it is? Well, you can, yeah. Well, it's the it's the Atlanta Falcons mm-hmm. against the... Uh, Against the New England Patriots. Oh, yeah, yeah. Same. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, I looked at my notes and went, Green Bay Pack? No, that's not right. <laughs> right, okay, so we're going to have to talk about these games then, King. Because obviously sure. they did happen. They for sure did happen. And as we're doing this podcast, we talk about those games. Yep. Let's do it. Let's start off with the early game, which were the Green Bay Packers going to Atlanta. Yep. The mercurial Aaron Rodgers against the seemingly unstoppable unit which were the Atlanta Falcons led by who? Julio Jones <laughs> very good can't, and, argue, can't even argue with it no you can't and uh, the result wasn't what we thought it was going to be no we thought this was going to be a close game I didn't no I said that I thought the Falcons would win yeah but by a long way I didn't think I. I thought you it was going to put up forty four points. I thought it was going to be a game of Aaron Rodgers versus a full team, and that is exactly what it was. Pretty much, by half time it was all over. Uh, the Falcons were twenty four nothing up at half time. Yeah, that was that was the game done. Yes. So I mean, even the twenty one points for the the Packers are just kind of sugarcoating, isn't it? On yeah, somewhat flattering towards them. To be fair, they um. They were outdone in all three phases, frankly. The mm. Falcons' defense was better than the Packers' defense. The offense of the Falcons was more potent than the Green Bay Packers. And from a coaching standpoint, they were outcoached by a Dan Quinn-led Falcons team in only a second season. So, yes, yeah. all three phases, in my opinion. Special teams is, you know, is difficult to judge, but... It's come the three, no, main, nothing, yeah. the three main phases, from my perspective, they were outdone by the Falcons. Yeah, it's it's really weird to see just how how badly the Packers played on both sides of the ball. They needed a lot of oomph from Aaron Rodgers mm-hmm. to uh, counteract a defense which doesn't really stop people. No, they struggle. They were good at the start of the year against the run, but then that sort of deteriorated throughout the season. Mm. Um, yeah, I mean Rodgers had the most rushing yards for any Packer for that night of 46 the next highest Ty Montgomery with 17 yards yeah I think that that was slightly inflated because they went behind so quickly and were behind so much well all of the first half they didn't put a point up 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, they did have a missed field goal, but despite that, they were still scoreless at halftime. So that sort of semi-inflates the rushing slash throwing stats of Roger, uh, of Rogers. It was scrambling, wasn't it? He was scrambling for a lot of those those yardage just to get, pick up third downs. But he, yeah, they weren't uh, planned in that way. We don't think anyway. No, I don't, I don't think they had a Cam Newton game <laughs> style for him. It's the read option. Yeah, no, they didn't. No, they had the read the defense, try and do something great, if not scramble for a third down approach. I mean, the Packers did have a lot of their uh, receivers back. I mean, obviously, Jordan Nelson was nursing fractured ribs, uh, but he still played some of that game. Devonta Adams had ankle injuries, but kept coming in and out. So he was available on plays. Yep. So... Nelson, Nelson had, had a decent to throw game. At. Nelson had a decent game, given the fact he had an injury. Yeah, sixty-seven yards in the touchdown. Sixty-seven on six catches as well. So over ten yards, a ten yards. It was a, a really catch. nice touchdown as well. He did juke his way into an easy slant for a touchdown on that play. So yeah, great route. Yeah, his hip, great route. His, uh, his ribs might be broken, but his hips didn't lie. No, and uh, no. he he moved his way into position there no. for that one. No, and I'm sure he is a huge Shakira fan. So thank you for that. I don't know why I wouldn't be. <laughs> well, I don't either. Um, no. <laughs> what do you think? Can I? While we're talking about the, the subject of Jordan Nelson, seems like as good a time as any. Okay. To bring up the Rogers being visibly emotional about Jordan Nelson playing. Did when was that? This? No, I didn't see that. You didn't. You missed this. Yeah, I must have missed that. Need to YouTube it later. Okay. And so do the fans who have also missed it. <laughs> I bet they haven't. But Aaron Rodgers was. Yeah. Welling up and choked up, talking about Jordy Nelson. Is this after the game? After the game. All right. Even playing, he's like, "I'm so proud of Jordy Nelson." <laughs> I'm so proud. <laughs> like, that was my impression of Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, I'm not it was having, a, I'm not having I mean, a go Oscar at him. Seasons here. I'm not having a go at him because that guy carried his team to a championship game. They had absolutely no right to be in. Mm. So that's not me having a dig at Aaron Rodgers, but I've never seen him like that. Yeah. So despite not seeing it yeah. and having no context, <laughs> thoughts? <laughs> <laughs> well, obviously, you know, when we talked last week, you were saying that if you were the Packers, you wouldn't play Jordan Nelson just in case and hope you got through to the Super Bowl without him. Uh, yeah, I would suit up. I would, suit, I would have suited him up, but I wouldn't have played him. Yeah, it was, yeah, exactly. But, yeah, yeah. yeah, you're not Mike McCarthy. No. And uh, they did stick him in. He had six catches. But yeah, it was. Uh, it was their third there's best always receiver. A, there's always a exactly. Yeah, there's always a, p- a possibility though mm. that when you send out a guy who's not 100 percent and they know exactly mm. where to hit this guy, someone you know a more unscrupulous player. Say, I would a Cincinnati Bengal, for example, might come in <laughs> and actually aim for the area that uh, they know is going to cause the most damage. I would do that. I'm sorry. Can I? Would is you? that okay for me to say? You're, you're not the biggest guy on the field, though. King, no. so that's probably why speak for yourself Jim but... <laughs> <laughs> I have on good right. authority I'm slightly above average so Do that's you? fine yeah. <laughs> your mum doesn't count though Way. <laughs> <laughs> hi Michelle let's, um, let's, let's carry on <laughs> yes indeed um, back to the game yes yes I'm, I've am i been somewhat thrown by your <laughs> ridicule of my penis what do you want about and Jordan mum Nelson? apparently <laughs> Your mum's a lovely lady. No, no. Uh, Carry on. Anyway. Carry um, on. Yeah, I I would go for it. I would have done that. You you would have actually played him? Well, You said you'd suit him up and not play him. I'd suit him up and not play him, but had he been played, I absolutely would have targeted his ribs. Right. Is that within the law? It's within, yes. 
In the rule book. Of course it is. I can hit them in the ribs. It's why I'm saying it's dangerous to put him out there. Absolutely. Unfortunately, what you're, you're 24 saying, nothing down at half time anyway, so. No, and what you're saying is that, you know, let's hypothetically say you are talking about the Cincinnati Bengals. <laughs> they they might hit him late. I'm saying if there's an opportunity to hit him can't legally, hit him if there's an opportunity to hit him legally, mm-hmm. and his, his ribs Just are visible, to be there. I absolutely would have gone for him. <sighs> yeah, I said it. He's a dangerous man to know. Good for Jordy Nelson. Yeah. Well, he got through the game. He yeah, got through he the fine. game. And, you know, he made a quarterback cry. So, good for him. Yeah. All round, good day, despite the loss. Despite the, despite the resounding loss <laughs> to the Falcons. And, you know, fair play. Let's talk about the Falcons then, obviously, because it was their night. It was. At home. They've had a lot of uh, criticism inside that stadium. They have. And from you, Jim. Piped in criticism in some point. Oh, why do you keep mentioning that? Well, because it happened. It's a real thing, King, all right? You can't pipe in crowd noise and not expect to get ribbed for it. It's in a dome. The noise shouldn't go anywhere. Exactly. So why are they piping it in? Because they couldn't get fans in when they were playing atrociously. And there was a quarterback playing at that time Mm -hmm. with all those losses and those half-empty stadiums had to pipe noise in. Name was Matt Ryan. Yeah. But can I just say, this playoff series... Yes. Those fans have been immensely loud. They have. Fair play to them. They're there. They're they there now. Last season in their stadium, which I didn't realise because I'm not from Atlanta and I don't pay that much attention to Atlanta. <laughs> the stadium is right next to the other stadium. Oh, yeah. It's basically touching the next one, yeah. I didn't realise they were that close. Mm. So, I don't know why they're moving. Basically, That, yeah, that was the last game at the old stadium. It was. Because, as you've said, rightly so, at the beginning of the podcast, the Super Bowl is in Houston. It is. So they're going to have to venture over there. Yeah. And also in a dome, though, so that might help. I don't know. Possibly. It's got a roof. It's not really a dome. They can You can't open the roof in Houston. I didn't know that. Oh, there's another thing I'm telling you. There you go. Trust me, it's a fact. But, uh, yeah, so Matt, <laughs> Matt Ryan has played badly. I've seen him throw terrible interceptions in the past. Yes. And going into the playoffs, he hadn't beaten anyone except the Seahawks. So, I'm going to have to put some credit where it's due, King. Yes. And I am not one above being humble. Nice. And Matt Ryan, kudos. All right? Mate, he killed kudos. it. Kudos. He killed it. 392 yards and four touchdowns. Again, zero interceptions, which is so important. No sacks either. I mean, the Packers didn't really get that close to him. Nope. And... 27 completions on 38 throws. It does help when you're throwing to Julio Jones, Mohamed Sanu, and uh, Taylor Gabriel, Pepe DeMarco. Yeah, steps up. <laughs> yeah. one catch. Yeah, one catch. Yeah. Yeah, and again, we touched on this, this, their use of that dual threat backfield in Freeman and Coleman. So even let's, I'm not even going to talk about the rushing, which wasn't huge. But they didn't need to be. They had twenty five touches between them. But they're the in the passing game, just those two guys, seven catches, nearly eighty yards, with an average of let's call it eleven yards yeah. a catch. Yeah. You know, it's I mentioned this before, it's that that separates them, is they've got this dual threat backfield that are dual threat both from they're a perfect one two punch. Yeah. Great combination to have in the backfield. Mm-hmm. But also, both of them can catch the ball. Mm. They're dangerous. And the problem yeah. is, you've got to stay true to the deep ball with the likes of Julio Jones and Mohamed Sanu that you mentioned. 
Patrick Which DeMarco. Which just leaves yeah. these, these underneath. Stop talking about Patrick DeMarco. Well, I've got to, I've got to shout this guy out. one catch in the playoffs. 30, what, a, what a catch. 31 <laughs> yards. He got licked as well on Mama the sideline. Mia. He got absolutely... Paddy DeMarco. I've got all of the different... Yeah, he's he's <laughs> Irish-Italian. Is he actually? Well, it's Patrick DeMarco, so it's close. I don't know. I'm <laughs> Paddy guessing. DeMarco. Paddy DeMarco. Yes. Yep. Let's just assume. Let's just... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the truth. You know, we don't need facts anymore. Truth overrated, mate. Truth overrated. <laughs> Not after the twentieth, we don't need facts anymore. No, this is true. Um, yeah, fantastic oh. backfield. Yes, great receivers. You can. I mean, look. You know, they. How many hit did he? Uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, at least eight different receivers he's throwing to in that game. Yeah. So they're spreading the ball out. They're not reliant on just Julio Jones anymore. Nope, they're absolutely not. And, and that's, that's going to be that's damn near was... impossible for any team to stop. Yeah, and that's why Sanu was Hint. such a great pick up. Yes. So, yeah, that's a great result for Atlanta. It was a fantastic result for Atlanta. Arthur Blanc. And huge, huge as well, based on the victory that was probably the biggest game of his career as a coach, Dan Quinn, against mm. his old team. Yep. Last week. Outplayed them. Outplayed them. Outcoached them again. Yeah. And then comes in against a Packers team who, yes, we know it's Aaron Rodgers. The team's not hugely overwhelming, but that guy is just so special. Yeah. He is undoubtedly going to go down as one of the, the greats of, of the game ever. He's the best player in the game right now. Oh, for sure. And could be the best ever. Yeah. The, the unfortunate thing is he doesn't have great players around him. And might not have the Super Bowl wins that someone like Brady is potentially going to end up with, or mm. a Jerry Rice that Joe Montana threw to. Yeah, you know he could go down as the guy who won one, which is one more than Dan Marino won, <laughs> but be in that category of the greatest not to win loads of Super Bowls, which yeah. sort of taints how special he really is. And I actually, I'm genuinely humbled to be watching. And an avid fan within this era because he is so special. Yeah. And I have taken the time to watch a number of quarterbacks, and I appreciate a lot of people would have thought that about their own era. But that doesn't mean I'm not humbled by watching this guy play because he is just a special talent. Mm. So, speaking of special quarterbacks and Mohamed Sanu. Yeah. Would you like my Mohamed Sanu <laughs> stat of the week? Go on then. I'm saying it like it's a regular segment. <laughs> yeah. Did you know that Mohamed Sanu has a perfect passer rating? Ah, oh, here we go. Well, when he was at the Bengals, he threw two passes, didn't he? In his career, mate. In his whole career. Whole career, perfect pass rating. And like I said to you last week, put him in for a whole game. 158.3 passer rating for his career. Mohamed Sanu, you're welcome. Stats are overrated. I keep telling you this, King. What are you saying? Mohamed Sanu might go down as... The, the most productive quarterback <laughs> in history. You, you're the kidding me. The best QVR in history. Mm. On five throws. Yeah. <laughs> On the, I mean, we... <laughs> When you look at it, we shouldn't have been so surprised, really. I mean, when we spoke to Packer Tim earlier on in the season, we were talking about the lines yep. being pretty good for the Packers, but the secondary being as holy as the cheese that comes out of that uh, state. That region, yeah. Yeah, as the Green Bay area. Yeah, except and the cheese you're referring to is from Switzerland, but carry on. <laughs> you can put holes in that cheese. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Analogy, fine. It was good. I yeah, liked it. thanks. So, yeah, mm. it was... Going to be a tough ask for those cornerbacks. It was, it was, and it was a tough ask for those cornerbacks. I have an issue with not with the cornerbacks because okay. we understood that there's limitations when it comes to that those players. Mm-hmm. 
What I have an issue with is their game plan, which is why I said explicitly that they were outcoached by the Falcons. Okay. I also have an issue with the game we're going to talk about later, so I'm going to allude to that now. Right, okay. I'm going to allude to it now. The Steelers almost solely played zone defense. Yes. Against the Patriots. Yes. The Packers almost solely played man-to-man defense against the Falcons. Yeah. Two of which have differing styles of offense. I know you don't (laughs) like the Patriots. That was me being being diplomatic. Yeah, well done. But both have potent throwing attacks. Mm. I'm not talking about yards here, Jim. Don't look at that. No, you're not. No, No, but still potent. But still potent. And what I would have liked to see is both teams incorporate elements of that each other's nice, defences might have been a little bit closer because be if nice. you go all the way one way or all the way the other way apparently that doesn't win because mm. both those teams lost <laughs> did they? yes they did yeah. they did yeah and I was really disappointed with the Packers for coming out trying to play man to man can't even remember his name but some poor white guy trying to defend Julio Jones <laughs> <laughs> and this isn't a race thing that guy could be anyone. Mm. He is amazing. He is, in my opinion, the best receiver in the game and has proved his worth throughout the season. Well, I picked him as my number one receiver this year. And you were right to do on. so, Jim. And there was no arguments when it came for to that. this year, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's fine. You can say for this year, have a little caveat Thanks. there. That's fine. Yeah. But he is. I felt really bad for that guy defending him because he's on every highlight film. <laughs> yeah. You could. It's not like uh, a Patriots where they take away your weapon. How do you take away Julio Jones? Well, you do what the Patriots did with Antonio Brown. Antonio Brown is absolutely in the conversation with Julio Jones. Yes. That statement about Julio being the best player in the in or best receiver in the league this season wasn't derogatory towards Antonio Brown. But what you do is you put your best corner and your best safety, and you double team him for the whole game. Yeah. And you know he's going to still going to get his because he's that special. But you limit that. You you try your best to limit it. The good news for the Falcons is there are other receivers out there that are going to catch the ball instead. And very capable receivers. Indeed. You've touched on a couple. Yeah, I'm not going to say his name again. One is the Mohamed best... One is, is the most, <laughs> one, is the, one is the best quarterback that's ever played the game. <laughs> yes. Ta- Taylor Gabriel as well is just... Uh, absolute flea that guy just yeah. darts around the field you know where he is at any point mm-hmm. if I you say like, DeMarco one more time I'm, not. I'm going to throw my I was actually going to throw it back to the Packers and say that although not many had a good game I think Jared Cook again so second week in a row actually played really well and is a free agent at the end of this year yeah um, or as of today <laughs> I, I'm assuming that Aaron Rodgers is going to be knocking on the door asking that he keeps that toy around for another season at least yeah he had a couple of drops in this game but he had well. But he also was about the only person besides well. Jordy Nelson around a club catching. So yeah, yes, they need a tight end. <laughs> yeah, because they've not had one since a massively overhyped Jermichael. Uh, is it Jermichael Finley? Yeah. Uh, yeah, Mr. And, Butterfingers. Oh my god! If you put someone who was even an a- average to good tight end in that team, if you if he had even Antonio Gates now. Hmm. Rogers would be yeah, yeah. torching folks. Well, red zone would be uh, much improved. That's the, the the worrying stat for the Falcons coming into the game was their red zone defense. So they weren't stopping. They were last 
somehow. I didn't know that. On red zone that's defense. That's a really good stat. And they obviously managed to keep Rodgers out. But that's going to be another kettle of fish in two weeks' time. They're yeah. going to need to look at that. Very different styles, aren't they, offensively? They are. Yeah. We're, we're, guys, we're going to talk about the Super Bowl game next week because, you know, there is a week off between. We don't count the Pro Bowl. Yeah. Um, but the NFL do. Yeah. And so, I'm sure, can I just cut in there for yeah. a sec? I'm sure you are going to miss football as much as we are next week. Mm. So even just to talk about it or from your perspective, hear us listening. Listen to us talking about it. We're going to be gearing up is for the something. Super Bowl is something. next week. Yeah, you're going to be, you know, it's it's going to be a nostalgic look at what's to come. Yeah. Yeah, and deal with that Deal with that analogy how you wish. Because <laughs> I appreciate their contradictory statements. Yeah, but there will be no predictions this week. No. No predictions, and we're not going to go into the game until next week. I didn't know that. No, you get a week off. Thanks, because I did Well, I mean, you so went two prep. and two for these games, so you Killed picked it. both results. Yeah, you're welcome. Back on track. You're welcome for those guys who bet with me. I half bet with you. You idiot! Why do you always do this? Because <laughs> it was the Steelers. Yeah, but that's just... You're an idiot. You're an idiot. It's alright. It was only your money I used. So, Oh. Your pin 1234, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah got yeah. it. Got it. Nailed it. I'm going to have to change that again. Anything else you want to talk, anything else you want to talk about for this game? Then, no, Jim? I thought it was a statement game... It's, it's complete rubbish because it's a championship game. That's a, a cliched phrase to use. But, mm. um, you know, the Falcons have had a really good season. They've really come into their own in the playoffs. I know they've only played two games because they had the bye week, but they... Um, they were dominant victories. They Both of them were. And against two teams of differing abilities to show that they can adapt to the, the teams they're playing against. Well, they've so, both won the Super Bowl in the last 10 years. Yeah, 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 Absolutely. Absolutely, and one with you know a, a formidable quarterback, the other with you know nothing against Russell Wilson, but isn't quite in the same league as Aaron Rodgers from a playmaker standpoint, but has more weapons. That defense is is um, frightening on occasion. I know they were a bit um, crocked with Sherman, etc., and and L. Thomas being out, but still have the likes of Cam Chancellor and and Michael Bennett, Bobby mm-hmm. Wagner, etc. So you know. Most teams would kill to have those those playmakers, let alone, you know, a, a sort of half half able Sherman and and you know, Earl Thomas was out, but that wouldn't even matter if you if you offered me that as a Chargers fan, I would absolutely bite your arm off. <laughs> but it's you know they and they've made statements in both of these games. So what I hope is we don't have what we've had so far this playoffs, which has been blowouts which has been yeah. fine given again my charges of the LA variety now mm-hmm. aren't in the playoffs so I can I have the luxury of taking a back seat and just enjoying the games for what they are yeah um, but I'd like to I'd like to see a Super Bowl similar to to last year's where you have the you know the the trials and tribulations and uh, you know we'll see who ends up on top. So good signs from the Falcons based on the two perform- most recent performances. Yeah, they look very scary, which I'm sure they're happy about. Yeah, they do. Absolutely, they them do. dirty birds. They do. And he, uh, you know, we talked about Rogers being a special talent. I just want to say as well, Julio Jones is absolutely that as a wide yeah. receiver and a really humble player as well. Doesn't know off the field issues. Doesn't talk. You tra- never hear anything about. Doesn't Julio talk Jones. trash. Absolutely. Doesn't talk trash. Gets catches the ball, gives it to the ref, walks back to the thing, runs around, and just hammers, <laughs> hammers cornerbacks. Yeah. Even when he gets put 
over his head, does a full flip, keeps hold of the ball. That was insane. The cornerback that has to go into. Was insane. The cornerback has to go off the field for concussion protocol. Yeah. <laughs> Leon Jones is an absolute animal. Yeah. I yeah. heard the ground called the timeout after that hit. Yeah, good. That was ruthless. Yeah, well, good luck. Oh. Good luck, whoever's marking him next in two weeks' time. Yeah, best of luck with that one. Um, on that note, then King, let's take a break. Oh, I've got a stab at Julio Jones. Actually, you want? Okay. Can I say that just while we talked about him? Go on, him. I'm going to shout PFF again because as uh, always, I love their stats. Go. I absolutely love their stats, All right. including the playoffs. Julio Jones has gained 3.2 yards per route run. Not when he's thrown to. Every route that guy has run, mm. which excludes when he immediately starts blocking, yes. he averages 3.2 yards. I don't get it. Of offense. How do you not get that stat? He gets 3.2 yards Basically, of every time he route. runs more than about three yards, yeah. the guy averages 3.2 yards. Right. That's amazing. Okay. Every time he runs, he basically gives your offense three yards. Excellent. That's how amazing Julio Jones is. Yeah. He is the man. You didn't like that stat as much as I did, did you? No, you can go, go to break now. Sorry, guys, if I bored you as well. <laughs> Bye. All right. Break time. <laughs> Welcome back, guys, to the second part of the Jim and the King NFL podcast for Championship Round. So, in the first part, we talked about the Atlanta Falcons moving on to the Super Bowl by defeating the Green Bay Packers. Yeah, only second time ever the Falcons have been in the Super Bowl. Yeah, and it's only the first time that Matt Ryan's got through to the Super Bowl. Good step. Yeah, it's been a long time for the Falcons since they were there. Has been. Yeah, everyone else has moved on. Uh, okay, so before we talk about the second game, which I can't wait to get on to, King. Yes. Let's talk about some news. Let's. Because things happen outside of the last four teams in the NFL. Yeah. Namely, Los Angeles. Weird, and your charges. Weird things happen to my charges. Yeah. yeah. Well, we talked last week a little bit about how you've lost your team to LA. Yes. So, but they need to have some coaches in there. And we talked about Anthony Lynn as a new head coach. Got to be excited. Mm hmm. And you've got old Kenny Wisenhunt there as the offensive coordinator. Yep, K Wiz, yep. K Wiz. You've now got a defensive coordinator, Gus Bradley. Gus Bradley, yes. No longer the head coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars. No. He is now your defensive coach. Yes. Thoughts? I'm <laughs> to quite... To coin your term. I'm quite... Yeah, thoughts. Uh, I'm quite excited. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah? Couple of reasons. Right. One, pedigree from the Seahawks. There's a reason he was picked up and taken as a head coach, despite only being a defensive coordinator for three years. Yeah. Pedigree at the Seahawks. <laughs> and actually he's picked up some really nice young talent. Didn't they have a lot of... They started losing seasons when he was at the Seahawks, didn't they? Two or three as a defensive coordinator. Two or three. Seven, seven and nine. nine seven, oh, actually three. Yeah, it was there four years. In yeah. 2009 to 2012, yeah. Three out of his four years with losing records. Yeah, they did fire the coach the first year. So I think he's 5 and 11, 7 and 9, 7 and 9 again. Because yep. there's nothing but being consistent. And then they were 11 Jeff and Jeff Fisher going to sign him up. 11 and 5. They were 11 and 5 the final year. Okay. Big step up the final year, which is for a couple of reasons. We'll go into in a sec, which is my second reason for being excited. Okay. First reason is that pedigree. And also the fact that he's he he'd built up a reasonable defense at the fa- at the um, Jaguars as a head coach, and brought in some young. They talent. had a good year, really, despite the fact that all the losses they were starting to gel. Yeah, absolutely. 
Uh, and the other reason is the main reason why I'm excited is he can assess and bring in fantastic young talent. Mm-hmm. Dante Fowler had a bit of a slow year, but was off missing a whole season with injury. He was, yeah. But all everything I was hearing prior to that injury was the guy was an absolute animal. Mm-hmm. Jalen yeah. Ramsey stepped up and become a, a Pro Bowl caliber cornerback in his first season. Yeah. Telvin Smith is has been in the last two years in the top 100 players voted by the players and is a lightning fast linebacker who's got ball skills decent players just that have stepped in and 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 done well for him yes this is where i'm excited though forget the jags because no one gets excited (laughs) about the jags right so i used to in his tenure as defensive coordinator yeah for the seahawks i'm gonna ring off some players here jim here we go yeah so yeah. you said he had losing seasons when he first started. He did. Guess what? He started drafting, though, didn't he? <laughs> well, I guess he had some sort of say in. Absolutely. So would you say Malcolm Smith, Super Bowl MVP, <laughs> in the seventh round in 2011 would have been a good pickup? Sounds like a leading question there. Yeah. Thoughts? Thoughts. <laughs> Carry on. Yeah. Okay. So what about... It could be a forever if you keep doing this. What about three-time Pro Bowler Bobby Wagner in the second round in 2012? <laughs> Yeah. Thoughts? Yeah, keep going. Yeah? Okay. Who Fant- else you got in that locker? Fantastic. What about one-time pro bowler KJ Wright in the fourth round? <laughs> yeah. Thoughts? Can't be wrong. Can't be wrong. What about Cam Chancellor? Mm. Five-time pro bowler. You know I like him. In the fifth round in 2010? Yeah. Yeah? Okay. Do you want me to carry on? Carry on going? Can you carry on? I can. What about Richard Sherman in the fifth round in 2011? <laughs> Four-time Pro Bowler. No wonder you're getting excited. I am. Maybe what about Earl Thomas in 2010, first rounder, who also happens to be a five-time Pro, Bowl, five-time Pro Bowler. Yeah. All but his rookie season. You wonder why the Seahawks suddenly emerged as, as a powerhouse within the NFL. Pete Carroll. I think Gus Bradley could, is one of those reasons. <laughs> yeah. That is why, as a team who has got a high draft pick this year, how about Again? last year, and absolutely spent on the right player, Joey Bosa is one of the more exciting defensive prospects to come out in a long time. Agreed. That there is, that is something that I think that people who may might not know about Gus Bradley need to assess is actually his ability to bring in young talent and be successful. And the fact that he's also willing to take a step back and go back into a defensive coordinator capacity well, a lot of, a lot means of the he's head coaches, if they fail, they, they do go back to being a, they a do. coordinator. So, some of them while. don't. You know, there was a lot of rumours about Rex Ryan this year saying that he he was either going to be a head coach somewhere else or he was going to work on television. Didn't yeah, we know be a that's Rex Ryan. That is the ego. It's, a lot of coaches don't have that ego. No, it's true. But I think he could be... I think he's trying to go down the Josh McDaniels route, which is or Carl Shanahan, where you're recommended then for every job once you've done a reasonable job at a team that's got some you know, some decent talent on that defensive side. Yeah. Jason Verrett's a pro bowler at cornerback who missed half the season this year through injury. Mm-hmm. Perryman's stepping up in, in middle linebacker. Could probably franchise tag Ingram if you wanted to. Yeah, and he's got and he's got a relationship there. Brandon Meebane was actually a, a defensive lineman with him when, yeah. when he was a coach there, so... He's got someone he knows. He's got an exciting young prospect in Joey Bosa. Jason Verrett, who's a n- now a known commodity. Yeah. Um, and Hargraves, who, who who led the league in interceptions. So there's, he's got some yeah. talent there. 
to work with. It's not and a I'm terrible excited. group to, to join on to. You're right. And also, uh, Melvin Gordon was quoted as saying that he's really happy that Anthony Lynn's is a new head coach. Interesting. Obviously, as an ex running back, Anthony Lynn. Yeah. He think and and the way that he and running helped, back coach helped the running back uh, game in, in Buffalo. Exactly. Yeah. So. He is looking forward to seeing what that guy can do for him because obviously he helped yeah. uh, LeSean McCoy uh, quite a bit. Absolutely. And uh, Mike Gillisley. Yeah, and the Chargers have invested a high draft pick, which, you know, looked like a bit of a bust first season, but the guy, Melvin Gordon, stepped up and and looked great this season. So, yeah, I'm, I, you know, there's an investment there from the Chargers standpoint. And if they've got someone who can make the most of it, then more for them. Hmm. That's the news. What are your thoughts on Gus Bradley? You've asked me. I know I'm a Chargers fan, but. Well, you know. I think he's probably right to be a defensive coordinator again for a little while. Yeah. Lick his wounds because it was a rough ride in Jacksonville. And that last season, we expect him to kick on and he failed the offense, really. Mm. For whatever reason, just didn't get them moving again. No, uh, and like I don't think he's failed them in the draft either. I think they've got some talented players. Maybe Bortles isn't the guy, but he's a defensive-minded coach. Yeah. But you look at the two Allens. I know Hearns didn't step up too much this year, but he brought in Julius Thomas, who was a pro Bowl tight end. Yep. Yeah, they've got weapons there. They were great in 2015 offensively. Yeah. All they had to do was then sort out the defense, which is he was known for. They started gelling by the end of the season, but by then it was too late because the offense was stalled. Yeah. Well, did you know that he had drafted those players at the Seahawks? I, say I, he, I, I assumed I say he, that he had been around at that kind of time. Yeah. I say he drafted them. He was the defensive he, coordinator. He, so he probably a, had a say. He had a sway in the Absolutely. Sort of, you know. That, he to me, was hugely impressive. Carol, yeah. That that crop of players within a two-year step. Yeah, you've got to be impressed by the Legion of Boom. That's outrageous. Yeah. That's outrageous. That's the news, though. I mean, that's it. I mean, nothing else much has happened. No. No. Sweet. No Bengal slash Aqib Talib has been arrested. <laughs> <laughs> well, the week's still early. This is true. I'm not going to talk about Johnny Manziel wanting to get back into the league, because, you know... Yeah, but up to Johnny Manziel do you know what's, back in the league. Do you know what's as much of an interesting story as that? I want to get back in the league. I want to get back in the league. I want to get into the league for the first time. Yeah. And do you know what? I won't get drunk. No. And I'll try really hard. I'm on a dry January, so I would definitely be able to hold off the alcohol if it meant playing some uh, snaps in the NFL. Yeah. I worked a 14-hour day in financial services today. Mm -hmm. You let me try and play football, I would do 16-hour days and not even batter an eyelid, mate. So call me. I'm also about the same height as Johnny Manziel, so you are, yeah. I could play quarterback <laughs> for the Browns. Too tall for Manziel. <laughs> okay, so we've got one more thing to talk about then, King. What is it? It's the game that happened after the Packers-Falcons. Involving which teams? It involved the Pittsburgh Steelers and the New England Patriots. And uh, Why'd you say I like you're disheartened? Because I am. I don't really want to talk about the game. Who do you support? Steelers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you got hammered. Um, yeah, I did. You did. You did. I already touched on the first segment, mate. Too much zone defense. You got, yeah, well, you got picked apart. And shown by that one play, which might be my second favorite play behind Aaron Rodgers' timeout he called last week mm. in the playoffs, which was when they were in the I formation blatantly running the ball. This is yeah. the Patriots, by the way. Yeah, And he went... Oh no! Oh no! You didn't <laughs> get in that horrific formation defensively. So he went right, pulled everyone out. Legarrette Blunt went into yeah. the slot. Yeah. Who can't catch a ball? No. By the way, they went five wide receivers, 
and he just torched you, Chris Hogan should have had a touchdown. Yes. But that was a sign of, defensively, Tomlin and the coaching staff had nothing to offer against that Patriots team. It's really weird because Keith Butler's, uh, it's not his first season with us now. He's He's been there for a few years after the uh, the moving on of Dick LeBeau. Yep. And he's got a good defense down in Tennessee. Do you miss him? No, I don't miss Dick LeBeau because Keith Butler has actually been moving on and getting this team going on defense. Certainly on the pass rushing standpoint. Yeah. Except this week. Sorry, that wasn't Except meant to be a dig. this week. He has been good though up to this Yeah, time. yeah. Um, I like the players they brought in. They need they still need to work on the cornerback uh, situation because Senquez Golson has been injured for basically two years straight now. Right, okay. Um, as a former first round pick or second round pick, but yeah, we keep we keep keep picking secondary because we've I think we're okay now at, on in the front seven. Mm-hmm. I like our defensive tackles. I like our linebackers. But it's the safety and the cornerback position that, apart from Willie Gay, there's not really uh, much else there. Mike Mitchell is a kind of journeyman safety we picked up from the Panthers a few years ago. And you know, he does a job, but he also causes a few flags to be thrown against him. Not in this game because, you know, it was kind of a... <laughs> everything that could have gone wrong went wrong in this game. How's the and rookie? How's the rookie stepping up? You took a first round corner this year. Took Artie Burns. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, the whole team played badly in this game. Yeah. Artie Burns it? hasn't had a really bad season. He's been all right. You know? Yeah. But it's going to take time to adjust. Uh, and sometimes he's had to be on the number one receiver. So if Willie Gay's been injured, then Artie Burns has had to step up as the number one. Yeah. What what I know Ross Cockrell, I don't mind. He's, he's all right as well. But this game felt. A lot like an anomaly to me. I mean, it, it wasn't indicative. This isn't how the Steelers play. It wasn't how the Packers play either. You know, the, these two games, mm. something went wrong for these teams. Now, I'm not going to blame the uh, fire alarm that was pulled at three in the morning. You shouldn't blame it. But, you know, sleep's important. And <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking. Mate, uh, that's outrageous. No, no. We, they weren't we, even evacuated. They were still working. Look, I'm not going to get into that. All right, that was just that's just stupid. You know, classy fans um, doing what they do. Yeah. But in terms of the game, you've just got you just got to really shout at Keith Butler at being just a complete idiot in terms of what were you game planning here? Mm. And it wasn't just that; it was the offense as well. You know, usually that offense is, is firing on all cylinders. I'm not even going to use Le'Veon Bell going down as an, as an excuse because he went out early. It did change the game, though. But it shouldn't have changed it that much. We've still got D'Angelo Williams and yeah. we've still got receivers there that can catch the ball. The real problem I found that when I thought we were going to be in trouble here mm-hmm. is it was a third and one in the first quarter for the Steelers. Right. And rather than just getting the da- getting the first down like the, pa- like the Patriots would do, we Ben Roethlisberger stepped back and launched a 30-yard bomb towards Sammy Coates down the line. Now, Sammy Coates beat Butler to the ball, mm-hmm. but he dropped it. And because we're at about midfield, you got a punt, drive over. And you just you can't punt against the Patriots yeah. because they are always going to come down and at least score a field goal. Third and one's almost a perfect down when you're playing the Patriots. Because it means if you trust your run game, which you absolutely should trust that line based on what they've done this yeah. season for, for Le'Veon Bell, yeah. despite his injury. Mm-hmm. That's the perfect down because you run the ball, you make that extra yard. Yep. And what that then does is, it well, one, you've got a new set of downs. Yeah. 
it opens the game up again. But also, you're taking time away. I know they're not the most exciting from your perspective, but you're taking the time away from what is an offense that are don't turn the ball over particularly often. No. And do score points. Yeah. So how do you stifle them? You don't let them have the ball because they don't turn it over themselves. Mm. So you go third and one, perfect. That's it should have been a no brainer. It should have been an absolute no brainer. You don't throw a low percentage pass. No. On the third and one at midfield in Foxborough, you get the first down. First down, okay, give it Mm. a go. If it doesn't work, then fine. But you don't do that on third and one. And I just, I just knew at that point that we weren't playing smart. And there are certain things you've got to do against the Patriots. You've got to get first down. And you've got to not have anyone on defense that's beyond the line, beyond the first down marker. Yeah. Because Brady will not throw past the first down marker. Oh, come on. That's outrageous. No, it's not outrageous. It is outrageous. Whether it's it's third and ten or third and one. He threw it beyond the... The ball is not going beyond the first down marker, King. That's outrageous. Rewatch the game, all right? All they care about is getting the first down, which is absolutely how you should play the game, all right? Yeah. It's not great to enjoy the game, he as had, far as I'm concerned. He had young, longer throws than 10 no, yards. No, he threw it <laughs> Stop saying no. at the first down marker, and then Chris Hogan, on this occasion, would run it another 30-odd yards. Julio Jones in disguise on this occasion. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he played amazing. Yeah, the Bills are really happy about that move. Um, you know it would have cost them $3 million a year to keep Hogan. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but well, I mean, they said, you know, Wes Welker tweeted up that he was, you know, Brady and that make you look better than you are. So Chris Hogan. Why is Wes Welker tweeting that? Because well, Wes Welker knows what he is. Yeah, Wes Welker dropped a ball in the Super Bowl that almost pretty well, pretty much did cost him the Super Bowl. Yeah. Julio Jones, that's outrageous. I'm looking what here. What are you doing now? I'm looking here. There is longs, 39 yards and 41 yards. Although. Edelman's 41 yards was an 8-yard catch. <laughs> it was an 8-yard catch. It was an 8-yard slant, and then he ran it. That's what you do. I'm not... It's not a criticism. Okay? It is in some ways, but it's not. Because the way to defend that is you don't stick a safety 10 yards beyond the first down marker mm-hmm. and hope they're going to run and catch up in time to smash the, the receiver. I don't know why... Am I taking crazy pills here? This isn't... This shouldn't be that difficult to figure out what they're doing. No. I listened to Steve Young talk this week. Did you? Uh, I did. And I think he is a better analyst of quarterbacks than we are. As a former quarterback himself. As a former Super Bowl winning quarterback. quarterback, Who learned from Joe Montana, yeah. Yeah. I'm pretty sure he is better at analysing quarterbacks. I'm talking about quarterbacks. I'm talking about defences. I'm I'm talking about your defence against Tom Brady. Yeah. And he said, you cannot win rushing three which you did on numerous occasions Mm -hmm. you cannot also win rushing six on a blitz because Brady was six for six when you rushed six people did you know that this week yeah you felt it that's ridiculous you can't so the only time Brady has had issues is when teams rush four and drop people back yeah which are is essentially against the Seahawks and the Broncos in recent memory I, well, I don't know why we weren't doing that. We we've got our three defensive linemen, and then we've got um, Bud Dupree. Yeah, should come outside. That's yeah, yeah. Why did we go away from that for this game? I don't know. It seemed like we just seemed to completely outthink ourselves. What I think, what I th- the, the scary stat is six for six on when you rush six on blitzes. After the third one, can you not go? This guy is deciphering us, and it's not working. We need to bring four and drop more people back into coverage. 
I just I I question your coaching, and you know the obvious stat is the Tomlin one, but and that's against a number of defensive coordinators. Yeah, but Brady is six six for one, six wins, one loss against the the Steelers, twenty two touchdowns and zero interceptions, while Tomlin has been a head coach. And at some point, you need to stop thinking, what do we need to do to win our division so we can make the playoffs? Which I think has been the Steelers' mentality for a number of years. Correct me if I'm wrong, you're closer to the Steelers than I am. It's a tough division, so... Absolutely. Yeah, no, I'm not saying it's... I'm not, I, absolutely, it does. But then at some point, you've got to start thinking, that's not enough. Let's just be the best team in the whole league. And I think that's what the Patriots don't think about. I know they're in a rubbish division. This isn't that <laughs> argument. I'm not trying to make that argument. Yeah. But the Patriots always, always are in this position. You look at the Carolina Panthers, 15-1 last season, missed the playoffs. You look at the Broncos, no, who no, beat no, no. the Panthers. They missed the pl- oh, yeah, I mean this season, missed yeah, the playoffs. Yeah, missed the playoffs. Right, yeah. Broncos won the Super Bowl last year, missed, missed the playoffs. playoffs. Yep. This is, I think, the seventh time in... Oh, sorry, it's the, yeah, it's the seventh time Brady's been to the Super Bowl. Yeah. In his career. Mm. So seven times in 15 seasons, Brady's been to the playoffs. Because I'm just counting the one that Castle was played the whole year. <laughs> But you you look at that and it's just that's ridiculous. Of course, it's ridiculous because the Patriots try and win, be the best team, and beat everyone. They don't think about their division. Even if they had a tough division, they wouldn't think about it. And I think maybe sometimes that's what could be hampering the teams like the, the you know the Steelers, who have got really really good teams, but teams that are built to play against division rivals. their division rivals rather than against. When no you one get else deep plays the like the Patriots do. No. No, and they're the most successful team in the last few... <laughs> do you know what I mean? Do you see the point I'm trying to make? I'm not having a yeah. go at... Well, I am having a go at the Steelers and other teams like them. Is yeah. They worry too much about their division, and I think it's because coaches don't want to lose their job. It's such a fickle industry. Yeah. Tomlin's at least had success in the past and has had longevity in his career, so you'd hope that he wasn't like that. But I can understand why someone like Bill O'Brien for the Texans, as an example, goes... I'd happily go ten and eight and maybe win, maybe win a wild card game. Yeah, do you know what I mean? That's that for him. He's well, he keeps gonna, his job. He's not going to get fired that season. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? But Belichick doesn't give a <laughs> about that. Whoa, whammy. <laughs> do you know? What I mean? That's the difference. That is, I've said, do you know what I mean? Too many times. That yeah. is the difference between someone like the playoffs who have perennial success, like the who. The playoffs, the Patriots, who have perennial <laughs> playoff success. I'm confusing myself now. Yeah, and teams that go quite far, but for a number of years haven't got into the dance, like the Steelers. I'm sorry, I just had a massive go at your team, then Jim. But <laughs> it was necessary. Do you disagree with my comments or not? No, you. Well, you're right. You're right that you know. Yeah. The Patriots consistently get close or get into the Super Bowl. Absolutely. And they play a brand of football which is. Um, predicated on getting the first down. Yes. So you Fundamentals, yeah. So you don't need to throw it long. No. You always think I'm having to go at them by throwing it. It's, I hate the way they play because it's... it's. I tweeted out during the game, it's like a boa constrictor. Yeah. Okay? It's not exciting. No. But it's ruthlessly effective. Yeah. And again, we talked about this, if you just churn over first downs, it also keeps the likes of Ben Roethlisberger, yep. who frankly, until the third end of the third, or midway through the third quarter, had a really good game. He was still playing all right, but like I said, the, the, 
the play calling was just appalling for the most part. Yeah. Um, I don't think Antonio Brown was taken out of the game. I just think the whole game just got away from everyone. I think he was taken out of the game as much as you can take someone as talented as he is. He still did over 70 yards and seven catches. That's what so. I mean. But if you'd have said to them, you, right, you have an option where he's going to get no touchdowns, 70 yards on seven catches. Yeah. And you and they went, I, I would have taken that before the game. Because mm. he, he has the ability to to dismantle your defense. Yeah, we had we had so many problems in the first half, but we were still it was seventeen to nine mm. at half time. But then the third quarter, it all just fell apart completely, and we allowed the Patriots to get sixteen points to nothing, you know, in differential, and it included an interception. It was a bonehead play. Uh, we were chasing the game and we just taking unnecessary risks. At that point, as much as you should be slinging it, you need to play conservative against the the, the Patriots. Yeah. That's not the time to start losing your head and start going away from what should be the right game plan. Yeah. Which is a good mix of run and, and pass. Yeah. It's, it's just so many things went wrong. I'm so, so disappointed in, in the Steelers for how they played because yeah. it's not the right advert for what they did for the rest of the season. That They won, was it, eight, nine games straight? Yeah, yeah. After yeah. a really rubbish run in the middle of the season. Yeah, it was a topsy-turvy uh, season. We had, we had Roethlisberger injured for a couple of games. You know, we had... Le'Veon Bell didn't start the season. Yep. And Martavis Bryant's been out all Martavis year. Martavis Bryant's been out all year. We're not even sure he's going to come back next year. Uh, you know, the league policy on uh, substance, you know, that kind of stuff. So, who knows what's happening there. At the same time, Eli Rogers had an all right game. You know, Jesse James, I like as a, a tight end. I think he's hopefully going to be the, the Heath Miller moving forward for us. He's going to have a really solid um, check down. Uh, tight end yeah and you've got Latavius Murray who when healthy looks dangerous no, Ladarius Green Ladarius Green Latavius Murray is a running back for the Oakland Raiders yeah well you, oh, sorry you, Las Vegas Raiders Las Vegas Raiders uh, but yeah Ladarius <laughs> Green we picked up from the Chargers who's yes. a really good receiving tight end he is but yeah. he has suffered from a lot of concussions well it's not even that it's just he, he's had a concussion like a Luke Keekley type one which is just seems to have floored him. Just makes him cry he's, on the he's side. He's been out for about five weeks or so, and you know they were hoping he would. He, I think he passed um, initial concussion protocol, but it was still a game time decision. They At some point, I'm glad, still. and that's a real good sign that they're a professional organisation. The Steelers, similar that, to what the yeah. Panthers have done with Keekley, yeah, where he passed, and you go actually. At some point, you need to start thinking. Yeah. He he's come out and said that he's not com- contemplating retirement, so he wants to play still. Yeah, and, yeah, and I think. When you're that age and you're that physically gifted, yeah, you, it's really difficult to, oh, it is. to say that I'm just not going to play this game anymore. It is, but as a team that probably wants him to be successful for a number of seasons, yeah, and you know that you've only got maybe another one or two of these concussions left in you, yeah, you know, is rushing him back for a playoff game against a, what is a formidable? Pay, it would have taken your best performance with all your best players. To beat that team, yeah, is tight it worth, end wasn't the problem in this is game. It, yeah, is it <laughs> worth James rushing him back? Yeah, is it worth rushing him back? Probably no, not. No. Professional, you know, and I think ultimately uh, should be uh, commended. Just you know, commendable decision by the Steelers to not rush a player back who's had health concerns, um, you know, and give him a chance to elongate his career. So no, good from that perspective. Yeah. And I tweeted at the time, tweeted again uh, yesterday, mm-hmm. we have got, you know, 
the, the best deserving two teams going into the Super Bowl King. I don't know if you agree, but I do. You've got the best of the AFC against the best of the NFC. For sure. The two best teams and certainly coming Patriots have been the best the whole season. Or the most consistent anyway. I don't know about the best. There's been points where the Steelers have been the best team. Um but and there's you know, there was points when the Chiefs were the best team. But White Hot. The Packers have always uh, Packers. The Patriots have always been have been the most consistent team throughout. Mm-hmm. Um, but and, the Falcons as well, they never dropped off. No, and last the Falcons, season they dropped off. Yeah, and this season they just didn't. It's kept no, going. and the Falcons only lost shootouts really. And if anything, that yeah. defense is has solidified throughout the season, and it and it's now become a bit more stifling. You've had emerging seasons from the likes of Vic Beasley. Keanu um, Neil, Neil, who we've mentioned as well, has been has been spectacular. So they've they seem to have sort of galvanised at the right time. Yeah, and that offense is just there's, there's so many weapons. They're so difficult to defend. We've talked about the balance from their defense. Um, you know, the running backs to to their wide receivers, and yeah, I I totally agree. It's also a, a, a Super Bowl that includes the two highest rated quarterbacks when it comes to QBR. <laughs> To play against each other. Don't care about QBR. I know we don't, and it's not the most accurate indicator of of quarterback play. I mean, Mohamed Sanu's there, so there's the three most. <laughs> three, there is. Well, actually, yes. <laughs> we've got two and three playing. They pay in comparison. <laughs> Sanu's the guy. But, um, <laughs> it's um No, I think that's interesting. And actually, I think they've been the two most consistent quarterbacks throughout the season. Because Rodgers didn't start great. No, no. By November, they, you know. Yep. Packer Tim thought it was all over. Yep. A and lot Roth- of us thought that they weren't going to make the playoffs. Roethlisberger, the other quarterback in, in the championship game, yep. has had some injury concerns mm-hmm. and has also, and I think you'll agree, has thrown some uncharacteristically poor interceptions this season. At poor yes. times in the game. Yeah, and yeah. I'm not saying loads. No. I'm not saying he's had a Cam Newton or Peyton Manning towards the end of his career like no, season. No. He's still one of the top five quarterbacks in the league. But their their interceptions, I don't expect to see from Ben Roethlisberger. Mm. Um, so actually, those two have been the most consistent at their positions throughout the whole season. Yeah, I mean, he did the interview today where he said all options are available for next year as to what he's going to do over the, this off season. Interesting. I think he's going to come back. I think this is just one of those times where he's he's thirty five years old. He gets injured almost every year. And fakes it a lot as well. <laughs> fake it. Loves a boot. Don't be stupid. <laughs> loves, loves a giant boot. Don't be stupid. I think it's a fashion statement. Uh, whatever, whatever. But uh, I don't think he's. I think he's definitely going to come back. When you've got those weapons around you, uh, and that offensive line just gets better, then I think there's very little chance of him not coming back. Mate, there's year. no question. He's still contracted through to 2019, I think it is, or 2018. At yeah. Least, so. Can I can I make a observation about why I think that this Roethlisberger you know don't talk about the injury stuff no like, what i'm going to say is a guy who signed a 100 million dollar contract and then rides a motorcycle with no helmet <laughs> years ago don't matter <laughs> that's years ago is yeah is yeah he's going to make rubbish decisions and try and keep people on edge so he's absolutely coming back next year your quarterback's got like 12 kids i don't care he doesn't ride a motorcycle with no helmet mm he just happens to not want to live in LA <laughs> and doesn't believe in contraception. No. No. All right. Well, okay. So thanks very much for talking about Ben Roethlisberger not wearing a helmet on a motorcycle. 
That's it. Contemporary reference. Yeah. And you alluding to the fact that Rivers doesn't wear a helmet. Oh! Hey. <laughs> hey <-o. laughs> Alright, so that's it. That's but it. We went through the You two don't games want to talk game. about a Super Bowl at all, do you? No, we're doing that next week. Okay. Keep them in suspense. That's okay. what I heard. I'm talking so water bowl, not the microphone. What are you doing? I don't know. <laughs> Look, we're wrapping up now, King, all right? Okay. Anything else you want to say on that game, though, before we finish? I'm sorry. Me too. I am genuinely sorry. I, I didn't want to loved, go like that. I would have loved to have seen your team in the Super Bowl. Should have been a really good game. It wasn't a really good game. No. And the two best teams won. Let's yeah, just was, say that. It was a really disappointing weekend because both games were over by the third quarter. So it's not what we wanted. We were expecting to see four evenly matched teams going at it hammer and tongs. They didn't. Only two teams really showed up and it's that's the worst bit really for fans of uh, Steelers and Packers. Yeah. I can say as a Steelers fan that was I didn't want to go down that way. No, because uh, I, I absolutely feel great about having a top 10 draft pick. <laughs> well, we've been drafted 30 now. You've seen that. They've put in the things and the Packers go 29, Steelers go 30 in draft this year. Yeah. There you go. Well, Dak Prescott was fourth round, wasn't he? So we're finding your backup quarterback. I don't think that's your glaring need. Isn't it? Well, yeah, right, actually, Landry, Jones, pretty yeah, Landry Jones is a big mess. He is. He is a mess. All right. So that's it then. Yes. Yeah. Um, so there's no football this weekend, unfortunately. We don't count the Pro Bowl. But yeah, next week we'll be back and we'll be previewing the Super Bowl 51. Yes. From Houston. Yes. Yeah, and we get to go into all the match-up there and, you know, breaking down all the players and who to look out for. I'm sure the King's going to be doing his homework. And, yeah, you are. I'm nodding. <laughs> I'm nodding. In the meantime, guys, get at us on Twitter at Jim and the King. Uh, go and check out our website, jimandtheking.com. Yeah. And if you haven't subscribed to this podcast, make sure you're doing that. It's on iTunes and DoublePod. Yeah, just give us a little subscribe. Give us a review. Yeah. we'll have a look to see any new reviews that come in all of them are five stars so you know be part of the uh, the majority and yeah. write a five star review that's that's it that's yeah. it only four of them are from my mum as well so <laughs> speaking of her earlier people are going to think that's true <laughs> they're not they're not she hates us um, <laughs> speak for yourself <laughs> whammy oh dear <laughs> anyway yeah anyway guys until next week I've been Jim that's been the king and thank you so much for listening 